Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch. Hello and welcome to Yowie Central. I'm Sarah and you're tuned in to 94.9 Main FM. This week I am honoured to welcome international psychic Solrida Antaria to the show. Solrida is a gifted seer and clairvoyant and specialises in ET and UFO phenomena. She's an expert on auras and energy. She's been a kinesiologist and a hypnotherapist. She has psychometric abilities and can connect and communicate with animals as well as people. In short, she's amazing and I was so delighted when she agreed to come on the show. So let's get straight into it. Here's Soul Reader. I would love to ask you, you mentioned in our, in the session that I had with you last time that you had, you'd actually seen a Yowie with, yeah. you, when you, with your son when you were walking through the forest, it was out there in the Dandenongs, wasn't it? So we actually, I saw one on the back deck at my house, um, which was in uh, Warrenwood. I can say that now that I've moved. Um, (laughs) And it was one of those white kind of like translucent opalescent shimmery ones. It felt female, but I got home from a skywatch, stepped out of the back door um, and I'm like, oh my God, and jumped back in the house because I was so surprised to see this, you know, massive thing standing on the back deck. And then when I realized I wasn't actually scared, I was more just surprised. I stepped back out and it was gone. And I just apologize. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I wasn't, I didn't mean to frighten you or you know, shock you. It just surprised me. Um, but the one that I uh, experienced with my son, I was with my son and daughter, and we were up in, I'm trying to think what it's called, uh, Druin. So up in country Victoria. And we went up with some friends that were interested in this sort of thing too. And we went for a walk and we're on, I guess you would call it like the Yowie expedition um, or Bigfoot expedition. We're walking through the forest and um, doing what's called tree knocking. So you take a big stick and you knock the tree a couple of times and you listen to yep. see and they'll answer back. So yep. you'll get a couple of stick knocks back, which is really, it's quite freaky at first because you're like, <laughs> oh my God, something else is out there yeah. making that noise. So there's quite a few sightings and yeah, that friend had had an experience with, I guess you'd probably call it like a grey looking ET, not necessarily, uh-huh. um, you know, the, the typical type, but had an experience out there. So there's a lot of 
unusual things that happen in country Victoria, as well as like other places. Um, so anyway, we're doing the tree knocking and we, we're walking and what I can describe because I'm a seer, like clairvoyant, and I also feel. So I could feel the group of females off to the left and we were hearing, uh, I'm going to have to demonstrate the noise. That was like a, you know, type uh-huh. sound. Yeah. And, and grunting coming over from the right. But I kept feeling and clairvoyantly seeing, and I guess you would call it sort of like a, um, more like a holographic vision of the females with the children. So it wasn't just like seeing the third eye, it was almost being immersed in, um, in that reality was the way to see. Uh, so off to the right, we could hear them. And I'm like, they're distracting us away from the females and they're you know, trying to get us to come closer to the male side of things away from family. So they had this inbuilt knowing of protection, um, which I guess, you know, when you get to know a lot of humans, there's a bit to, to be frightened or not so sure about, you know, when you've got hunters and things like that going up into country Victoria. Um, so that was really interesting. And we, we saw a couple of tree branches down that get snapped in certain ways that you look at it and you know, it's not from a natural storm. It's not, it's too, too big of a snap for a human to do the amount of sheer force and weight. So they, they also lay sticks in a cross pattern. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's lots of telltale signs, but what my son noticed, um, and, and what I could see too was we started following this path and my son saw a blue orb anyway. So we're following this blue orb. And when I talk about that, we saw a blue orb, not everyone could see it. So when we look at the human visual spectrum and we look into just outside of our visual spectrum, we have um, microwave uh, waves and also infrared and ultraviolet being just outside our spectrum. So sometimes when you've got good vision, you can see things that are more in etheric form or just outside of our 3D density. So I would say this orb or sphere was more kind of like fourth, fifth dimension. So some of these orbs are, are also seen and reported around Bigfoot, around Yowies, as are um, somewhat smaller, grey-looking ETs. They, they tend to have some kind of relationship or uh, intergalactic working between the two races. Yes. So we're following this this orb. We get to, I guess it's like a creek crossing or um, some kind of a, a water underpass. And when we get there, the energy feels very different. You can feel a shift or almost a cloaking. Um, and it was something that even some of us that were there that had that, um, didn't have the feeling sense as strong as others. Well, like, yeah, there's something different about this. It feels like something hidden off into the bushes or something um, feels cloaked or camouflaged. So the way that I talk about Yowies are big food, yes, they are physically um you know, here in that they can have fur and all of the different human characteristics, I I kind of refer to them being more human uh, than humanity in that they still have that loving um, consciousness connection. Not all of them, but some of the race has that bond with the environment, similar to the beings that you would see, you know, in the Avatar movie, where they've got that connected consciousness to animals and to nature, Mm. similar to um, Harry and the Hendersons, the Bigfoot movie (laughs) from the 80s that we would have grown up with. Um, But, yeah, getting to this, quote, camouflage spot too, you really could get a sense that they're interdimensional that even though we think of them being, you know, just in the forest and things like that, there's far more to it than that. And I think Star Wars with, you know, the Wookiee, uh, with Chewie, you know, they're, they're telling us, they're telling us without really telling us about these, I don't even want to use the word creatures because when I look at their connected consciousness to each other, they're quite holographic and quite a collective consciousness in that they can link their minds they can link their hearts and communicate I guess similar to what we would see in some shamanic cultures you know like how shamans will send a telepathic message or they'll connect to a jaguar and then a jaguar will show a a jaguar or puma will show up and deliver a message to another shaman you know villages away Mm -hmm. so they, they have that ability to be able to work outside our normal 3d realm and I think this is 
something that we're capable of too, but we've kind of forgotten who we are. So I do have an experience also um, that a friend had, if you'd like me to go into that, and that's another local one. So um, one of my best friends, her and her husband, so she she's similar to me, you know, believes in spirit, has had many experiences um, herself, but her husband's very closed off to it, very, you know, only 3D, very logical, um, a builder. So what he can see and touch, you know, that's reality. So they're driving through um, the windy roads coming back through Warrandyte. So it's country Victoria on the outskirts, just outside the suburbs. So you've got paddocks, you've got orchards, you've got a lot of more, um, you know, bush type uh, nature. So there's embankments um, where the road will sort of like have a bit of a drop. Um, so you have to watch out for kangaroos when it gets on dusk, just to sort of describe what it's like. So they're driving back at night and all of a sudden on this road uh, winding out of uh, Warrandyte, this white, giant-looking Bigfoot. And there's certain charts that you can find online. I think that's got like 20-something different types of Bigfoot, Yowie. Um, she was able to pinpoint and sort of go, yep, that's the one that we saw. Um, so just for the, the listeners, they might be able to have a look at that chart themselves if they've had experiences. One of my friends, Barry Littleton, who's also an experiencer with Bigfoot in the States, um, put me onto that little um, identification chart. So anyway, they're driving back and all of a sudden this giant thing that's white covered in fur leaps across the road right in front of the car and keeps running full force down this embankment without falling. He has never been more scared in his life, um, her husband driving the car, to the point of now where he will never, ever, and this happened um, years and years ago, he will never, ever drive up there at night. And this guy's a very strong man who's not afraid of anything. Um, yeah. So um, she, just hearing her retell the story as well, um, just like the, the remembrance, the recall from it and the description of this being, uh, it, it scared the absolute shit out of both of them. She <laughs> won't drive up there <laughs> either. Uh, and me living, you know, not too much further down the road in Warrenwood, it's the next suburb over from Warrandyte. So the, there's a few people that have had experiences in this particular area. Another time I was picking uh, my daughter up from her friend um, and the family lived in uh, Park Orchards, which is also an interconnected suburb between Warrenwood and uh, Warrandyte. And just going down this dirt road, there's mist everywhere. There's trees sort of growing in either side of the roads, has kind of like this dark movie-like atmosphere. I'm driving to the house and just thinking I could feel this consciousness because that's the other thing that you feel is that you're in someone else's territory. There's a very territorial mm. feeling that comes in with Bigfoot, like get out. It's, you know, there's a, it feels quite threatening. So it almost is this aura or this energy of get out now. You, you feel a threat. It's funny, I'm just getting sort of like reliving visuals <laughs> and feelings talking about it. Um, but, yeah, there was this very dark, looming, oh, my God, please do not let my car break down in this spot, um, just driving through. So there, there is a feeling of territorial, I guess, parts that you should go and shouldn't go into. Yeah, absolutely. That's something that we get reported very frequently is that oh, sudden feel wow. of dread, of yeah, I'm, I'm not the, meant to be here, oh get out gosh, of here. Goosebumps. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm getting goosebumps too just talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, oh, wow, I, that's I didn't realise that. That's incredible. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've told you, but I, I work with Australian Yowie Research, which is the um, the original Yowie Research organisation and, and probably the most well-known. People report to us, we get reports in every day of people seeing Yowies all over the country and we get them from every every state. And I, what we do when we get that report in is if it's a, if it's a sighting, I then contact them and interview, interview them over the phone so I can document all the details. Uh, so I interview a lot of people and that's one of the most common uh, things that people report is that feeling of absolute dread, but for, they can't work out why though. It's, it's, it's often yeah. before they've seen anything 
but that all of a sudden they feel incredibly uneasy. It's often accompanied with all the forest noises stop, so all the insects stop. Yes. Almost like you're like time has stopped for a moment. Um, oh, that's the exact feeling. And yes. it's almost like, oh, it feels like I'm going to get stuck in this yes. time. And that intensifies the dread. And it, it feels, because I work with auras, like working as a psychic too, I'm very sensitive to different energies and even being around beings that look like they're human, you know, in amongst shopping centres and you can feel, um, I guess, more of a reptilian type energy with some you really get a sense of what's a normal human aura, what's, you know, an otherworldly type being. But even when we look to stories hearing about Buddha, so Buddha was able to send his aura out or had an aura that was a two-kilometre radius. That's what I feel with the Yaois and Bigfoot is that they're able to kind of blanket out their aura or send it to different parts of the bush and, and that's what it feels like, that you're entering an auric space. There's an aura or an energy when you drive in certain things, uh, certain parts. What's funny is it can be different street to street. So even, um, you know, growing up when I was a kid in Fertree Gully, I remember one night walking three streets behind, which bordered the, the national park there. And there was this feeling of absolute dread. But it wasn't a yaoi type situation. It was more of like an elemental um, gnome or like a troll type situation. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these stories that were told, um, you know, throughout history or mythology or medieval times uh, where the veil was quite thin, people just don't realise that these beings actually do exist, that the stories, the myths, the legends a lot of them are actually based on what people were seeing and experience and we've just flogged them off as fairy tales. Yeah. Um, and what we're seeing is the uh, the thinning of the veil happening once again. So more people are having UFO sightings, Bigfoot sightings. You know, all of these otherworldly beings uh, were able to perceive the more that this veil is uh, dissolved. So we're living in a very interesting times, as much as it's intense in the human mundane 3D experience. But if we look to fourth dimension, we're getting animal communications. Like, I don't know about um, about you and the listeners, but my family and friends, we've been experiencing birds coming up to us. My dad had a kookaburra come and let him pat the kookaburra oh, and wow. take selfies with him oh, wow. a couple of days in a row. I had a magpie coming right up to me. I'm like, oh, I don't know what it wants. And then I'm like, well, I've got some food. Maybe I'll give it some mango. But it came right up to me in the middle of a, a normal park and there was just this sense of communication. Um, so we're, what we're seeing in terms of animal and in terms of where we're heading with this veil getting thin is the ascension energy of going more fourth, fifth dimensional. So the animals are, according to, you know, some of the beautiful original elders, you know, they're our brothers and sisters. It's just not in human form or human body. So we're seeing that communication come back and that interconnected consciousness, similar to what we would have seen in days of Lemuria and Atlantis and, um, you know, other off-worldly places. That's a really exciting time to be alive if we, you know, turn the TV off from the news and, yes. and actually start to get out in nature and re-experience that connection like an avatar. Absolutely, absolutely. The other thing you that, that pops up very frequently is that feeling... Well, not actually, not not very frequently. It, it pops up, not super common, but it does pop up. Uh, and I think it's perhaps in people who are quite sensitive. But people do f say that they experience something like mind speak, where they get a message into yes. their head. And more than once I've heard th that message being, stop them chopping down the forest. Please stop them destroying. Yeah. Stop your other humans destroying our home. Uh, there's a, often a sadness yeah. that's reported, a feeling of sadness, and that the message was sad. Yeah, which I, which um, I definitely, yeah, which which is is which doesn't surprise me, considering how human beings are so destructive to our our planet, um, and that we are building more and more into mountainous areas, into country areas. We're we're chopping down forests, and uh, they're losing their their home. I can kind of yeah. understand why that's why they're trying to communicate with us and tell us to knock it off. Definitely. And I think it's also the feeling comes across of that interconnectedness with nature and with the trees. Um, it's almost like, you know, 
if we look at the trees and look at nature as almost like a family member, um, you know, we've just so disconnected from it on a human level, from what nature is and from that, um, I guess we call it an ecosystem. You know, there's a dynamic balance with the ecosystem. And if we look to different ancient cultures and tribal cultures, they didn't just kind of rape and pillage from, you know, bushes of a tree. They always made sure that there was still fruit on the tree. They didn't just consume everything. And I think that's what's happened on the human level that we've been taught to overconsume and, um, you know, greed and gluttony. But I did notice that there was that, um, I always call it like a, it's almost like a, I'm trying to think of the word to describe it. It's like a hyper thought or, and similar to in Lemuria where we would have like a, holographic is the word I'm looking for they communicate on a holographic level so they're able to project images right into third eye or to you know your inner vision um, but they're also able to telepathically communicate mind to mind so when we when I was seeing the the females with the children there was also that um, thought of get out you know stay away from from them even though they were trying to distract and call um, some of those that couldn't see there was that mind-to-mind communication, and I've experienced that working as a as a psychic and clairvoyant, working with animals. I've worked with racehorses and worked with ferrets, and oh, um, wow. even you know taking the kids to the zoo um, back in the old days when they were really little and taught them how to drop their conscious mind into the heart because this is the place where animals communicate from, and it's a skill that humans have forgotten. And when we communicate from heart to heart, we actually start to receive visions and images and animals sense that we let our guard down and they openly communicate. There's almost a surprise of, oh, wow, um, you know, I can feel like a shift or, you know, you can communicate. So one experience that I had um, doing it with the elephants, because the elephants are very, very you know, highly developed on a consciousness level, just as dolphins are. So I've had experiences with dolphins in the wild and telepathic communication. So with the elephants, I taught the kids to drop their mind into the height and the elephants come straight up. So the elephants at the Malvern Zoo, this is going back maybe uh, probably like eight, nine years ago now, so a long time ago. Um, but when you drop your mind into the place of the heart, they recognize the shift in energy and they come right up to the fence and they start rocking back and forth, mm-hmm. almost like they're sort of, you know, swaying in the energy and they look at you eye to eye. And one experience that we had the last time we were there was one of the mums was due to give birth about a month from the time. And she came right up to the fence and she was like, I know they're saying this baby's a month away, but it's coming tonight. And we can visually see the baby kicking round in her womb. Later that night, on the 11 o'clock news, the baby was born. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, yeah. So it's quite (laughs) incredible. When we actually quieten down our monkey minds and our, you know, intellectual almost, I guess it's a beta wave. So when we stop acting in beta and we come back to theta, which is a more deep meditative receptive psychically brainwave state we can do that with our breathing we can do that with visualizing our mind dropping into heart space and feeling you know calm and peaceful that's when we're able to receive these messages so bigfoot and yowies operate in a very similar way so if you are looking to have that peaceful communication um and and i guess it's not to go out there and to you know just throw yourself into the habitat you also want to ask for permission to be on country, not just from an original elder point of view, but from, you know, we don't want to just walk into someone's home because the forest and the bush are their homes too. So you want to ask for permission and you just also telepathically want to put out there that you're not there to do harm, um, that you're there for, you know, that like-minded meeting. Absolutely. I do that every time. I I walk my dogs a lot uh, because I live on the edge of the the state forest and I I do that. Every time I go for a walk, I I have a little chat with my with my Yowie friends and say, I, I mean you no harm. I'm here with great respect and love. Beautiful. I haven't I haven't seen one myself, which could be potentially be that I'm I'm not on that right wavelength or I'm uh, I've got three dogs with me who are noisy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably not going to help. <laughs> and they also they're, they're consciously aware that 
it might frighten some people as well. Because I know for me, I would feel them around. And it wasn't until I said, right, I'm ready to possibly see one, was when I saw one in the translucent form on the back deck. Yeah. I should also say that house in Warrenwood too, we used to get, um, we had a, a front porch and, you know, even with the heaviest of men jumping on the front porch, it could never recreate the loud jumping that we would wake up to on the front porch. So they are tricksterish in that way. Yeah. Um, you know, like a little bit of playfulness and have to have fun. They're lighthearted. Uh, we also had things, because they are interdimensional, we sometimes would have things disappear on the property. So one experience was a really expensive camera just vanished from the place that it was always at uh, in the hall. And we turned the house upside down. I think um, ex-partner at the time was looking for the camera for, I think it was about four or five hours. And I said, they've taken it. I said, it's literally in another dimension. And I said, they're trying to teach you something because there was a, you know, a, a, a thing about having to film everything and an experience is only being you know, for being on camera, when really when we have these experiences, we need to honour them for the energy that it is in the moment and not to have to, I guess, provide proof of validation to the rest of the world. They're very a personal type of experience. Um, anyway, as soon as I said that and we said, right, let's just put a movie on and forget about it, the camera literally appeared at our feet on the couch and we'd all been, you know, kids and everyone looking around the whole place, high to low. I remember myself and a couple of the others even getting on our bellies at one stage looking under the couch. Now, the camera couldn't even fit under the couch. But, you know, when you're <laughs> turning this small little house upside down looking and watching the movie, it literally just appeared at our feet. And you felt that same energy of, of Bigfoot. Um, yeah, there's, you know, there's That's magic. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think they're... Are they in fifth dimension? Are they in the fourth? Are they? Where do you think they they mainly are, or are they or are they not mainly in one particular dimension? Yeah, so I I would say they have an ability to frequency tune, so they can come in and out of multiple different dimensions. So, you know, definitely we see them in the third dimension. Um, you know, people report them all the time, seeing yeah. them in forest and woodlands, especially up in Washington State. Uh, where I've been there's multiple people having experiences in fact in Trout Lake um, one side of the river says it's illegal to hunt Bigfoot the other side says that they're open yeah. range that you can hunt Bigfoot yeah right um, yeah <laughs> they, take quite, it, they take it very crazy. seriously over there don't they yeah yeah but even you know working as a psychic um, and especially specializing in the ET UFO phenomenon and it's something yeah. that's taken me to different countries um, around the world I say that they are more like intergalactic in that they, you know, sometimes people report seeing them on UFOs and craft, usually with other different species of ET as well. So they do work for more of like a, a I guess, to put it in easy terms, like a galactic federation. So working for the good of all um, and also to restore peace and balance to natural ecosystems, uh, I guess, across the galaxy. Um, which is similar to what we would see, you know, in the Star Wars movie. A lot of people say that that's the reality and it's just, you know, their way of telling people that this is how things are. Um, but, yeah, they definitely have the ability to kind of morph in and out, which I know that even in our original culture, my beautiful friends um, Stephen and Evan Strong yes. have also experienced one of the elders, Kano do that um he's unfortunately passed now but they experienced him standing in front of a fire and graham hancock the author uh was there too uh, and then Kano just literally vanished and reappeared over the other side oh, wow. so this is something that we've forgotten how to do ourselves and and they remember how to do it so yeah, isn't it interesting if we're able to remember how to do these things again? Oh, that's absolutely fascinating. You're listening to International Psychic Solrida Antaria on 94.9 Main FM. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. 
Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What do you think is the connection between the between the intergalactic visitors, aliens, and... The, the Bigfoot creatures or beings, I should call them, rather than creatures. What, yeah. What do you think is the connection there? Because they are reported. They're, they're often orbs and UFOs and aliens yeah. and Bigfoot yowies are reported all over the world, often in the same places by the same people. Yeah, it, it's incredible because, you know, this is how crazy and convoluted, I guess, our uh, view on reality is and we've been indoctrinated into belief that it's just this little narrow slither of a spectrum this third dimensional reality and even um you know talking about it with it was funny I was telling my partner um you know the show that we're about to do and the topic and you know he wasn't aware that I'd had experiences with this sort of thing and I'm like yeah I've got some stories to tell you <laughs> and I say that's for another time but most people would not believe it if we told them the real reality of what's going on. Um, and I think that's the surprise in that, you know, it's not just like this wild creature out in nature to, to one reality, like on a hunter level, that might be how, how it's seen or perceived. But there is this multidimensional intergalactic connection or relationship that they have, you know, with other species. Uh, it's more humans that don't really get on so well with with different species or we sort of put ourselves in this hierarchical, um, you know, chart of humans being above everything else, which just isn't the case. Um, so, yeah, I, I do find it fascinating that they're seen to be working in this way, especially a lot of people's um, ET experiences. They do report having seen them on board craft with, with other species. So I, I do feel that they work as kind of like an intergalactic um, federation. And that could explain perhaps why so many people report sightings, but but they don't hear them. All of a sudden there's a yaoi in the forest near them, but they don't see them arrive. They don't hear them arrive, and all yeah. of a sudden they disappear. Yeah. Uh, and they're not there anymore, and, and that's, that's it's so common. A lot of people are, are questioning how how do they do that in 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 a in a forest where you've got yeah. litter you know forest litter on the leaf litter you've got sticks you've got leaves you've got all sorts of things that make noise as soon as you move your foot onto them how do they how do such giant creatures mm. uh, suddenly there and suddenly not there without making any noise yeah and it's it's incredible. Um, if the other thing, like even talking about the topic uh, and working as a psychic, I get downloads. So what is sort of like getting streamed to me right now is them being guardians and caretakers of nature. Now, this isn't just on Earth. There's nature on other planets as well. So they go and they kind of, you know, uphold that um, that balance in nature and are guardians for the planet. And I guess with the state of our planet at the moment, it's really vital and important that they're here that they're here to help humanity, that they're here to help reconnect us back to the essence of the forest and to the essence of nature and, and that spirit of Mother Earth. We get reports also of a smaller creature. One of the one of the um, First Nations name for, for that is Junjadi. And apparently they're a smaller creature, an ancient entity. Um, this, I've had um, elders tell me about them. Do you think they're... A different kind of being. Um, oh, have you ever heard do of you them know before? What they look like because well, I haven't heard of them. So exactly like, yeah. So exactly like a Bigfoot, but a small version, so, but not a juvenile, a, a, oh. a, a real being. And and Aboriginal people in this country talk about 
the the two the two beings. There's the big fellas and the little fellas. I have heard them referred to as the big fellas and little fellas. I haven't heard the original name for them. Yeah, well, it's just one of the one of the yeah. language names for them. But uh, Wood Archies over in the you know over in WA. Um, Junjari, Junjari. There's, there's, there's obviously there's so many different languages around our country that they've got yeah. different names. But I wondered, and and sometimes the original people talk about them being uh, perhaps evil or or more mischievous and not as well intentioned as the big fellas. Um, so yeah. I wondered if you'd he- if you knew anything about them. No, so not. Look, I, I guess I can't speak firsthand on that. Like I really like to um, oh. talk about more the experiences I have because I don't want to get into other people's stories as much but um, I do have friends that have witnessed ones that have red eyes and apparently those had more of a I guess a darker or evil feel Um, another person that I know um, so I met Joan Ocean who's a beautiful uh, lady who lives in Hawaii who wrote a book that I read all the way back in college Uh, it's the only time I've really been starstruck meeting someone actually um, because we were speakers on a panel together over in the states Um, she has a book called The Dolphin Connection so she was swimming in Hawaii and would have um, just dolphin visitations and the dolphins would communicate to her mind to mind really similar to the way that Bigfoot would communicate or yaoi's and um i guess you call them yeti in some places even yeah. though they're all different types but she started a couple of years ago having sasquatch show up and these beautiful big sasquatch would leave these little uh messages or leave like little trinkets or crystals and different things i, I think that's another common thing with um some of the experiences or they'd leave um you know they like it when we leave apples or different gifts for them so I find that fascinating too, that they have this gift exchange yes. uh, type things. But, yeah, I don't know too much about the original experiences with the little ones. I was fascinated. I follow your your site and I watch the, your videos that you put out with Jean-Claude and with uh, when you have your different guests on. And um, Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, it's absolutely fascinating. But you mentioned what in one recently, I can't remember which one it was, but you mentioned that you were um, giving lectures on UFOs over in the United States. So you, you sort yeah. of just mentioned that in, in our talk now. But how <laughs> – how, how, I, I made a note to ask you about it. How did you – I guess what what were you lecturing on, and how did you get into that that UFO alien um, yeah. sector? So I, guess, I guess for me, it started the earliest memories I have of like ET UFO experiences and things was about four years old. So when I was in kindergarten, I had, um, and I guess being naturally clairvoyant um, since a very young age. Um, I would have experiences. So, you know, most kids just go off to sleep and and that's it. They wake up in the morning. With me, there was always this feeling of something was going to happen or there would be beings show up in my room. And I would say to my parents, they would come in and they couldn't see anything. Um, So for me, there was always that knowing and that direct contact and experience with otherworldly beings. So for me, um, you know, with some of the experiences with people, there's negative and positive and with me not having anyone to talk to or understand what I was going through I was you know literally terrified of these experiences that I was having when I look into it now and I've had um you know a fair few regressions on things and just memories like pop up and different things um which is interesting because the more that you talk to others they're like oh I had that same experience and you know you recognize other experiences there's a different energy or a different aura to people that have been through or grown up with these things happening to them. Um, and it's not something that everyone talks about because it is perceived or viewed as, as crazy in the modern spectrum of what's normal and acceptable in 3D reality. So for me, there was always this innate feeling of wanting to share or show my family that what I saw and experienced as a child, that it was real. Yeah, I guess as I got older and, you know, had sightings and kind of, uh, you know, working as a psychic, I would see ETs that would appear around my clients. So I'd often draw them. So I draw exactly like what I see. So yeah, I think it's on my Facebook, possibly Instagram. There's different sketches of different ETs and different um, beings. Some look human, some look more like ET out of the movies or more like a grey looking type or elfish, um, Pleiadian looking beings. So for me, 
starting to capture like UFOs on on film it was really great because all of a sudden things that I told my family about my parents of my dad being an engineer it started to get them to question reality um, and I think that was such a inbuilt thing you know as a child you just want to be believed and you don't want to be told that it's your imagination or that you're making it up so our cameras have actually changed and developed to be able to pick things up in that spectrum now. Now, someone could be standing right next to you and not see the UFO. It's very much to do with frequency. So, um, yeah, I guess that opened up um, interest for me to travel. One of my favourite experiences was actually going to Italy uh, to film for Japanese TV. So, um, you know, meeting another experiencer over there and had an amazing UFO sighting one of the nights of filming. Um, and the Japanese are very intrigued, as are the Italians. And I just want to mention, um, for anyone that does want to see the most amazing UFO footage I've ever seen, um, is my beautiful friend over in Italy, Antonio Uzi, and his wife, um, uh, Simona, Sibella. They filmed some of the most incredible metallic uh, circular disc looking objects. One of them they filmed was similar to a sighting that I'd had in Fentrigali uh, in Victoria, which was almost like a, a, a disc, but there's this donut aspect to the center that would go um, see-through. So it would be there one minute, the next minute it would be, um, you know, a disc again. So it would sort of blink in and out of being a donut to being a disc. So, yeah, I highly encourage anyone that wants to see incredible footage. And it's quite hard when you're filming, too, to our cameras aren't made to zoom up and lock onto a UFO uh, in, I guess, a blue sky. Um, some of my footage that you'll see on my YouTube channel is these beautiful big pearls or orb-like um, objects flying in the sky. And I've also got some Abani, which is like almost like a living biological entity. That's the Italian name is Abani. Um, but it's oh. like a biological because some people describe it as a like giant squid or octopus. And that's really interesting when you start to look into the old medieval stories about or some of the biblical stories about there being a filament or talking about the waters above. And we're seeing these jellyfish looking like uh, creatures or um, objects in the sky. Very fascinating when you start to make the link. Well, actually, my favorite UFO that I've taken a photo of, uh, it's on my Instagram and possibly on Facebook, if you go back into photos, is a it's a triangle made out of light. And it was over a lake in Yosemite in the States. And there's just this overwhelming feeling, compelling of the beauty of the place and just this voice saying, take a photo, take a photo. So in that photo over the mountain in front uh, behind the lake, there was this disc-shaped cloud and this ball, this object came down from the disc-shaped cloud, appeared over the mountain in front of the lake. And then when you look in another photo that was taken literally a second later, and I think there's one photo that has a couple of different objects in it, but there was this triangle Pleiadian light ship in it. And I had um, a guy in, uh, who was it? Jason, I'm trying to think of his last name, his ex-UK Air Force over in the UK. Um, anyway, he had a look at it and he's like, it's got its own light source. It's not an artifact of the photography or reflection. It has its own independent energy and light force. So it was um, definitely a UFO. Yeah, oh, there's so many experiences to talk about when it oh. comes to <laughs> eating UFO. And I think a lot of us that do have these experiences aren't 100% um, human. And what I mean by that is that when we look to the um, original people and their stories is that, you know, we do come from the Pleiadians. So we do come in other cultures from different places and have that connection to the stars. And, you know, no matter which culture we look at, they talk about stories of creation and coming from the stars. Uh, in Maori culture and in um, original Aboriginal culture, they talk about Pleiades a lot. Um, as they do in some other cultures too. So I think some of us that have these experiences is very much like the Steven Spielberg series Taken. When I watch that with Dakota Fanning and they talk about experiences, the way that that movie was filmed and directed is so real that it's scary and not, not in a bad, you know, it's a scary movie type way, but just the way that they explain what experiences go through. And we have this interconnected consciousness. So 
sometimes I can look at someone and I can either feel their ET language because I speak um, light language, which is an ET language, which is, uh, I guess it's more a, a multiverse um, holographic language that works outside of just our normal uh, linguistics of, you know, hello to hola. Uh, you know, like Spanish to English, yes. it works more on an empathic level. Um, and that's what we get when we meet other experiences is as an empathic reach or this empathic understanding, you know that you're around others of your kind. So I think it's very interesting with the DNA data collection that's going on across the planet right now. I just, it makes me question outside of the normal confines of why they're looking, what are they looking for? in yeah. terms of swab tests and um, other DNA collection, I just think that there's perhaps certain genes that they're looking for. And, um, you know, perhaps these hybrid genes could be the answer. I've uh, recently discovered, well, not really, I guess the last six months or so, discovered uh, Stephen Greer and his theories on, on what's going on Have and, and his CE5 He's, he has an app which describes what you what oh, you yeah. can do to get together with other people and have perhaps see and draw aliens UFOs to to come to you and and show themselves to you. Do you do that as a as a group thing? You mentioned you were out on a sky watch. Is that what you meant by the kind of yeah? Yeah. So in the past, I would get together and you know go out on sky watches and different things. Um, it's. I guess to do with the busyness of life right now, it's something that I haven't really had a chance to do over the last couple of years because it's been such high-paced uh, life. And also, when living in Melbourne, we've had a lot of smog every summer and spring the last couple of years, or I should say chemtrailing, um, that's been, you know, it's taken over the sky uh, so it's more when I get out to country places that I get a chance. And I mean, out sort of like where you are, it's so beautiful and remote to see the stars out there. And um, I did see one, oh, actually, my partner and I saw three a couple of weeks ago, looking to the sky when we we're out on a little overnight trip with the kids um, camping. And it's something that I really aim to get back into this spring, this summer. But there's when you see UFOs, I always say to, um, you know, to friends or to um, to people that are interested, really feel into the energy of what you're seeing. Like it might look like a star that's moving in a non-straight line um, or getting brighter than getting lighter. Um, sometimes they pop out into nothing and they'll pop back in. Um, you'll see them like speed up or, you know, do curves and things that normal stars would not do. Some of these things that look like stars moving in the sky can actually grow to be the size of the moon. But it's really important to tune into the feeling that you get because they are empathically and telepathically reaching out to humanity and communicating. And part of the message that I get downloaded a lot with these experiences is that they are us. But we've forgotten that we have these abilities. Even one of the UFOs that I filmed living in Wormwood at the time was this beautiful pearl of light. And you can see this figure sitting in this pearl of light. Now, these pearls of light with figures sitting in them are painted even back in the Renaissance period and pictures um, of a religious nature that have Jesus or Mary in it. There's there's paintings. Now, most people don't realise that till it's pointed out that these figures exist in the paintings. Now, they would paint things very matter-of-fact. Um, even, I think it's the baptism of Christ, there's a UFO in the sky in that picture. Yes, yes I think so I saw that recently. What they saw. This is not something new that we're just experiencing now. It's just being hidden and covered up. Yeah, so true. And I, I, there seem to be more and more people waking up to to these ideas. Um, yeah. But, 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 but interesting, though, that we then have this worldwide situation that mm. that is so uh, so intense that it's potentially distracting people from everything other than survival. Definitely. It, oh, I forgot to mention as well, um, one of my best friends, um, she's actually, she was Stephen Greer's uh, right-hand woman when uh -huh. uh, when he came to Australia. Her name's Kay McCulloch. So she's on Facebook and she also runs the C-SETI Australian version down here. So oh, great. Um, she's currently up in Uluru. 
So they get some amazing things, especially um, out that way. So for anyone that is interested, definitely search up Kay McCulloch on Facebook and look up for her CSETI Australia group. Um, because, yeah, it's good to have Australian contacts for, for this side of things too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I did, um, just mentioning the, the name Stephen, I, I've watched a few uh, documentaries now with Stephen, um, Evan and Stephen Strong. Yeah. How wonderful are they? That, that Their ideas are absolutely fascinating. Yeah. And it's just, um, they're really close personal friends of mine as well. And just such beautiful people that want nothing more than to bring the truth to the world and they both have inquisitive minds and what's interesting is it started off being about you know conveying the knowledge from the aboriginal elders and the i guess um, archaeological side of things and really understanding um the true history of australia which has been hidden and even in peru they're taught that we in fact originate from australia um, as as humanity, which uh-huh. we're not taught that in school here in Australia. No. So they teach more about the truth. But what they found was the deeper that they got the teachings from some of the elders, the more that the elders kept saying and pointing to the Pleiades thing that we come from there. And Stephen, you know, being an ex-school teacher, he thought that was too crazy, too far out. But the more that he learned and the more that he was shown and the more magic he saw, into the way that that beautiful culture uh, really works. He couldn't leave it out of the story. It's actually one of the most important aspects of the story with some of the um, special rocks, which I've been lucky enough to hold and psychically tune in and receive messages for the rocks for them and work as one of the psychics holding some of the special artefacts and rings that have been found um, and downloading because I work with psychometry, which means I can hold an object and tell you about the history uh, or tell you about uh, perhaps what the people saw that maybe wore the object or the surroundings of this kind of thing. But, yeah, I highly encourage everyone to check out Forgotten Origin, um, which is their work, uh, which taps into the forgotten history of Australia and the Aboriginal or original perspective on it. You've mentioned in your on your channel the – was it the star of – there's the special stone that, that someone found and, and returned oh, to yes. Uluru, wasn't it? Yeah, so um, one of my beautiful friends, uh, Uncle Alan, is one of the elders. Uh, I think he's up in Queensland. But he called me to tell me about uh, the Star of Tarum, which was being placed back. It had been taken um, not not on a, a malefic level, but just someone had seen it and thought, oh, I'll take that home and put it in my garden many, many years ago. Anyway, before this person passed, he'd asked his children to return it. It was almost like the stone had a feeling of wanting to go home. So a lot of these ancient stones, whether it's, you know, being found in the bush, I know one one of the ones that the Strongs got given was found by a doctor at Byron Bay Beach. She was told telepathically just to reach down and she pulled a rock with a marking out of the, the ocean there. So some of these stones are calling to be returned to the land so a lot of the stones um i guess are to go to be returned to what we could describe as like ley uh, ley lines or um acupuncture or portal or vortex points so the star of tarum went back to its home which is where uncle alan's family and ancestors were from i forget the name of the the place um but i remember holding space he asked if i could tune in and meditate when this star was going back so we picked the exact time um in melbourne that the ceremony was taking place for the return and you can look up the website for star of tarum i think it's t-a-r-o-o-m I'm dyslexic, so I would definitely check that up in Google. It will come up. Um, but, yeah, I felt this energy and I saw this beautiful rainbow serpent being coming down from that um, that place of where the rock was going back uh, and come into Melbourne and activate, I guess we would call it like a chakra point or, an, um, you know, opening up different vortexes. And this is part of that shift and change that's happening. So if we're looking at things from one view of reality and from a mainstream approach of what's happening and we're looking at the news, there's a very dark agenda going on. But if we're looking to what's happening with this ascension energy, which started December 21st last year, which is a big part of why um, the Strongs and I and the 300 other people that were there, excuse me, 
um, for ceremony and for the rocks and the activation with Uluru, it was the shifting. Um, we had a Jupiter-Saturn energies that were happening. Uh, there was a conjunction. There was the end of the uh, Mayan calendar. There was also, I think it was solstice at the same time, summer solstice. And we were literally shifting into the age of Aquarius. So what happened with the opening or the, the energy with this portal opening, actually, I should also say March last year leading up to this, I started to see blue flame energy. So a blue flame energy is, it looks literally like a blue flame. I was starting to see that out in nature around certain people, but it was all connected to do with heart space. So we're seeing a shift out of the intellect and out of the ego coming back to a place of the heart. And this is why it's really important at the moment to get into nature. So nature is where it's at in terms of this fourth, fifth dimensional reality shift. So anything that we're really kind of like hooked into a third dimensional reality the elders talk about that there will be a shift and there will be a separation uh, and there'll be those that sleep. Um, so we really consciously need to make that effort to come into this heart space because that's where the shift is at in terms of higher dimensional reality and in terms of where we're going. Um, so there's a separation, almost like two worlds living on the one planet at the moment. Now, this will continue to separate further and further. It will become much lighter when we look into nature and the interconnected consciousness and messages we receive from the animals and nature. But then on the flip side of things, the third dimensional reality will also become much darker and much heavier to hold. So we're seeing the shift of people wanting to move away from, you know, the city and move away from the suburbs and go live on the land and go live off grid um, and work in community. And what's funny is, we're also seeing people want to physically hug and be around more people because there's changes taking place, not just within our consciousness, but within our energetic light bodies as well are also being upgraded. So super important to consume only high vibrational foods at the moment to be in a headspace and a meditative space of, of working with heart and working with coming into more of a theta calm um, brainwave pattern where we are receptive psychically too how do people do that if you if they if they're wanting to drop into that heart space more how would you recommend how would you advise people to go about that yeah so there's a couple of ways and it's definitely something that I individually coach people through in one-on-one sessions with my psychic readings we do like quantum jump um, readings as well where we can look at where things are at and what we can do individually because it'll be different for each person the way that we tap in um, but what I would recommend for the listeners is in your meditation binaural beats are really good which means playing one sound in one ear and one in the other it switches the brain wave into a deeper state of consciousness so it switches us from being on a beta active everyday you know traffic work this kind of level of thinking into a calmer, more cohesive, more harmonic brainwave. So doing binaural beats in headphones, one in each ear, will help to naturally bring your brain into that state. Using programs like Hemisync is another good one. Um, you'll find it on Spotify. Insight Time has a lot of binaural beats too. Um, the other thing we can do is cyclical breathing. So breathing to the count of four or to the count of eight. And what I mean by cyclical breathing is you would breathe in a deep in breath to the count of four, then you would hold for the count of four, and then you would breathe out to the count of four and then um, repeat the pattern breathing into the count of four again. Now, a couple of cycles of this type of breathing switches you into theta. It switches off that overactive monkey mind into more of a psychic receptive um uh, way of way of being so the more that we can practice these things at the moment the more that we are kind of opening up to these other realities in this vibrational shift even just placing your hands on your heart in meditation and bringing your conscious mind to this point also helps while you're doing these other techniques I'm I'm going to be doing all of those. <laughs> I actually have been doing quite. I've learnt so much from from listening and, and following you. I've I've I am doing a lot of that anyway. But it's I guess it's continuing to be disciplined about that and and not be totally distracted by all the other stuff that's going on. 
Um, yeah, and th- and that's hard with the modern day world. And I should also say too that we don't want to view it as homework and have to sort of like, oh, great, I've been doing this for two minutes. I've got another two minutes to go. <laughs> you you want to really energetically be feeling that space around you is one way of looking at it to get out of the mind. So maybe even hold your hands up, receptive like little cups. And feeling into your own aura, feeling into your own heart space. And this is something that's measurable too when we switch into um, shifting our consciousness into sending love from a heart space. Electromagnetically, we can measure the output voltage. So it's really interesting. The science is catching up with the ancient studies and the ancient techniques. Uh, Dan Winter, Craig Braden and Bruce Lipton talk a lot about that for those that are interested in the physics and the science side of it. Some of them have been talking about it since the 80s. So the information's out there to verify and back it up with science. Would you like to share with the Yowie Central listeners how they can get in touch with you to make an appointment to uh, do some work with you? Yeah, and I just want to say thank you so much for having me on. It's just been so fun to talk about this topic because it's not a topic I get to talk about every day. And it is one that needs to be shared and spoken about. Yes. Um, oh, I yeah, would love so to you... have you on anytime you want to come back. Oh, I would you, absolutely love that. Thank you. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, so people can find me um, through Instagram, through Facebook, my website. So my name's Sorita, which is S-O-L-R-E-T-A. So sorita.com. Uh, yeah, is is a way to book sessions. Uh, it'll come up automated for your time zone. So I do have most of my clients are in the States and in Canada. There is quite a waiting list for most appointments. I booked out until uh, February going into March at the moment, but I literally yesterday decided to open just a couple of appointments leading up to Christmas because it's quite a mental busy time of the year where a lot of people need help and assistance. So I've opened up. I've got just a couple of time slots left um, I did see that there was one or two uh, left, I think, for next week because I've just added two extra days in to try and get a few more people through before Christmas. Oh, that's wonderful. I can highly recommend to all the listeners to make an appointment with you. I so enjoyed the, the session we had and I everything you, you taught me and everything you shared with me were, were things that I could I could. Um, put into practice and things that I've, I've have, have really made a big difference to me spiritually. Um, it was an incredibly oh, healing. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. I'll tell you more about it when, when we have our session coming up in a couple of weeks, but oh, um, thank you so much. I can't wait to hear all about it. <laughs> I'm I love excited. hearing that feedback from my clients. International psychic, soul reader, Antaria. Isn't she amazing? Remember, if you've had any paranormal, UFO or Yowie encounters or anything else strange and mysterious and you'd like to come on the show and share your story with the Yowie Central listeners, let me know via yowiecentral at gmail.com or via the Yowie Central Facebook group. Well, that's all I've got time for this week, my friends. Yowie Central will be back next week. Same time, same place on 94.9 Main FM. Stay safe. I'll catch you next week. Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch.
be rich, you pretty young thing. Better hide the glint of your diamond ring. Your fancy jacket won't be worth a dime when you're sucking the blood right out of your spine. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.